0: My main fear was actually just how do I present this new Travis, right? And I'm a big fan of evolving. If you're not learning and growing and changing, then you're pretty much stagnant. So the fear was how do I bridge the gap between something that's very easy for me as someone who's been in the podcast industry? I could talk about podcasting without any prompting, I could just talk about it. But to but to bridge the gap between what I was talking about to what I am talking about. And then there's just that internal fear that people are going to go away. They're going to unfollow. They're going to say, this isn't really what I wanted or expect from Travis.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Hive podcast. So happy to be back. Season three, super excited as we march towards the 100th episode super excited for that. I could not have done it without your support. So welcome back to the show. And we've had a little bit of a break and the show's kind of evolved a little bit. So I'm going to be having some guests back on that have been on in the past, but maybe haven't been on recently. And you know, this show has always talked about Just Start. Like I'm wearing my Just Start hat. I have shirts for it. And I think that is an important motto um, for content creators or, or any creative to Just Start. We all get in that rut where we don't know how to move past it. And the answer is you just need to start. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned pro. We all feel that at times. And to get out of that rut, you just need to start. But what if you're in the thick of it? Well, that's what we're going to focus on on season three. What's next after Just Start? What are some of the struggles that you may face? What are some of the successes you may face? And how do you you handle that? And what if you want to start making a change to your content? Maybe you started with one idea, And you kind of want to evolve that idea. Is it okay if you've already built an audience around that initial idea? Is it okay to switch your content around? So we're going to dive into that in this season and even in this episode. Let's welcome back today's guest, Mr. Travis Brown. What's up, man?
0: Hey, so good to be here, man. Yeah, It's great. It's A lot lot has changed since we were last sitting here, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, (laughs) a a ton has changed. a, A ton has changed for you. You've been on the show before. We've done a live stream before. We've talked about pod decks. I use pod decks. I've taken pictures for pod decks. I love it. Yeah. But Travis Brown isn't just about pod decks anymore, right? So, what are you kind of doing now? I know uh, your focus has evolved a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, so last year at the end of the year, I typically do a review of just where I'm at and where I want to be. And, you know, there's people that always say like, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? Which I think is a good thing, but I like to think about the next year. And I started to really kind of worry that I was going to be, uh, a deck of cards or the pet rock guy right like um and so i i decided to go in, inside myself and say okay my goal has been to reach as many people as i can to create an impact and podcasting i love i'm obsessed with podcasting but it is a limited sort of audience, right? There's the people that have started and there's the people that want to start, but it's not as wide as maybe some of the people that are doing other things with creators. So I decided that because of so much of the coaching and so much of my community asking questions about how to grow an audience, how to make money, and I was serving that community in that way, that I wanted to go wider to try to reach more people. And it turns out that I was right that people wanted that information more than just podcasters. So podcasters will always be my people, my crew, my gang. And, you know, people like yourself who supported me when I had, I don't know, a hundred followers or whatever are very important to me in my journey, which I'll never forget. But I wanted to see if I could expand my reach by sort of widening out the topics and the things that I was talking about online because I was already talking about those things in my coaching and consulting and my communities and masterminds. So um, it was scary and it was like a snake losing its skin. There's there's an adjustment period where you think, am I turning my back on my people? But I know that the impact is greater with widening out a bit. And so it's been really fun and it paid off because of course, I, I experienced tremendous growth in the last three months. And I think that's all attributed to the fact that there's always a chance to help more people with your content. So you mentioned that
1: it was scary and I kind of want to dive into that aspect of it because I think that holds a lot of people back from really anything. It's kind of just the fear of the unknown. Um, How, you know, what was, what was going through your mind when you wanted to, to kind of evolve the content? You said it was scary, kind of dive into why it was scary. What were some of the fears that you had to overcome, you know, making that transition just from podcasters, but to like a greater community of content creation?
0: Yeah, well, I think with content, you want to set yourself up to, continually give people something that they almost expect that's why they come back to your account it's like if you're talking about horses and all of a sudden you talk about you know motorcycles there's there's sort of an adjustment period so my main fear was actually just how do I present this new Travis, right? And I'm a big fan of evolving. If you're not learning and growing and changing, then you're pretty much stagnant. So the fear was, how do I bridge the gap between something that's very easy for me as someone who's been in the podcast industry? I could talk about podcasting without any prompting. I could just talk about it. But to but to bridge the gap between what I was talking about to what I am talking about. And then there's just that internal fear that people are going to go away. They're going to unfollow. They're going to say, this isn't really what I wanted or expect from Travis. And so uh, transitioning is really, all the, is really the fun part is how do I now take what I have and transition it into a new form of content or a new messaging that makes sense to everybody, right? Because with content creation, you've got your existing follower base, which you need to nurture, but there's also the new people that come in every day. So you need to find a way to make sure that You are somewhat repeating the core messages and values that you have, which can, as a coach or as a uh, content creator, feel very like I'm just repeating myself. But you're not thinking about the new people that are coming in that haven't heard that message. So a lot of it was internal. And I I think that most things for creators are internal. What is someone going to think of me? How will people react? But what I did is sort of, I don't know if it's unconventional, but I just... Once I hit 10,000 followers, which was my initial goal, I internally said to myself, "Now that I've reached my goal, I can do whatever I want." And I would post content, and I would say, "I don't, I don't care. I don't care what happens. I don't care if it gets low views. I don't care if, um, you know, no one sees it. It's the thing that I wanted to make that I'm really proud of." And what happened was, I got freed from jail of what I need to do, the trends I need to follow, the the algorithm, all this stuff, I just said, I'm gonna show up and make the best thing that I can every day, and hopefully every day I'll get a little better. And what happened was, it just completely exploded, right? I had a video that went viral, and then I had another video that went viral, and I had another video that went viral, and that, that just created this vacuum of growth. But I do believe that by letting go of the expectations around what that content would do that it actually freed me up to just make and be in that flow state. And the, and the perfect example I have for this is, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I really wanted to work at Apple. I loved Apple products. I wanted to help people find Apple products. I went through this excruciating, um, You know, process of getting this job where I had to do group interview, then a small group interview, then another interview. And so what happened was at some point I went to the Apple store to get a dongle or some accessory or something. And I saw a guy who was great. And I know why they hired him, but I saw him at the front of the store, holding the iPad, checking people in. And my initial feeling was a little bit of resentment that I didn't get picked. But then I thought, is this really what I want to do? Do I really wanna do that? And in that moment, I sort of said, you know what? I don't even care. Next day, two stores called me to hire me, right? So there's something to letting go of making for the result, which I think really helped me internally get over the fear of what will people think? Am I doing the right thing? And knowing that if I just put my best foot forward, in trying to help people that I would get better and hopefully people that resonate with that would show up and that's exactly what happened.
1: That's such a good point because I can see that with a lot of content creators and even myself when you put a lot of effort into something because you have an expectation of how it's going to do and when it doesn't live up to that expectation you put all of this hard work and then it, it bombs or just doesn't perform well you it kind of deflates your motivation, right? You're less motivated to go out there and create because you put all this effort in to an end result that didn't happen. But then I noti- I notice even myself when I'm like, I just want to make this, whatever it is, right? I'm just going to make it. I'm going to do my best making it. And you put it out there and like, oh, wow, that, that did a million times better than the thing I put a ton of effort in and had all these expectations because I think, you know, you were trying to feed the algorithm or, or just your style of content that you've built around what you do. Um, I think that's such a good point that try to create without an expectation, just put your best foot forward is, is is such great advice when it comes to content creation, because having expectations and then them not happening, it it can be really is the worst. It, It just, it, you know, deflates you. I've gone
0: through major freakouts, like putting a, an immense amount of energy into a video and it does nothing. And then I'm like, "Screw it! I'm just going to use my phone now." And I'm just going to, you know, you go through it's it's the roller coaster yeah. of, you know, the more you work on something, the more you want it to do well. And that's fair. That's a good feeling because you're working hard. But if you just go, you know, I listen to this podcast of, uh, I like music because I'm a musician. I like to know how things are made. So I listen to a lot of like making the song, making mm-hmm. the record podcast. And there's a band called the Presidents of the United States of America from a long time ago. They had a couple hit songs like Peaches and Love. Long- yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy, yeah, the guy said something to me that just blew my mind and I've i I'm stolen it and I say it every day. He basically, when they went in to make that record, they were pretty much at the end of their career and they, and they had this theme while they're making the record, which was, nobody cares, we're just making chairs. And they just went in and just had fun and made this record and it ended up blowing up. And if you apply, nobody cares, we're just making chairs to your content, it's very freeing. And I think too many people get you know, we have to niche, 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 niche. And we have to do all these things that the algorithm wants. But in reality, all the greatest creators that you follow typically do something a little unconventional, right? They do something a little different than the beaten path. And you can tell that they really love doing it. And that's the magnetism. So if you can get into that flow state of like, I'm just really enjoying the process. Like people ask me, how long does it take you to make a video? And I'm like, I don't know, between an hour and two hours. They're like, wow, that's a lot of time. I'm like, no, it's not. I love doing it. Like, Right. I love doing it. It's my favorite thing to do. And I think that it shows. And so that is magnetic to people. But when I press post, I say, nobody cares. We're just making shares. And I go on with my day. And then I start to brainstorm and think about the next thing I get to do. And the key word is get to do. Yeah. <laughs> Not have to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I think that's such great advice. Just like focus on what you can control. The algorithm's gonna change all the time. Like it changes all Every the time. Day. And so you can't control that, but what you, you, you can control is your motivation, you, the effort you put into something and the quality and how much you actually enjoy making it and not necessarily how it's going to perform. Cause that's, it's really out of your control. Once you post it, how it's going to do after that, totally out of your control for the most part. Set it free. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's continue on with the, the transition. So it wasn't like an overnight thing, right? Tell me about some of the planning and how long of that plan, um, it took for you to implement to transition from focusing just on podcasters to the greater community of of content creation?
0: Yeah. So, uh, my friend, my best friend and mentor and business partner, Dan Thomas, we've been, we were having a lot of chats at the end of December and he kept saying to me, you know, welcome to the stage, a deck of cards. He was really opening up my mind to, you should be Travis Brown because that's who you are. And I had built a brand around Poddex, and that's why I had, you know, used that name in my account and everything. But he had really opened me up to like, what is actually possible for me? So I started to plot out a new content strategy. And if you don't have a content strategy, it's not as complicated as you think. It's simply knowing your content pillars and the topics that feed into those pillars that would help your audience get an outcome. So if you looked at my previous. Content. It was all about podcasting, right? It was either how to start, how to grow, how to, you know, get over the mindset. And so I had to develop what I thought would be the next content strategy. And that was all around uh once I got to the outcome, which is what I wanted to help people with, I wanted to show people that they could start a business and make their first thousand dollars without a huge investment, without inventory. And so that became the kind of overarching theme that I said, okay, what what do I know? And how, and th- this is what I do in my everyday life and how I've built my lifestyle. How can I show people how to do that? And I started making content that was a little bit longer, which is In theory, the gurus will tell you it's like seven seconds, 15 seconds. And I and I said, no, nobody cares. We're just making shares. I'm going to just make like mini YouTube videos. So I could try to actually teach someone something instead of just like pointing at a bubble and going like screenshot this, right? Like, let's actually educate people. And so once I had the outcome, and it took me a little while to kind of figure out: am I teaching people how to be entrepreneurs? Am I teaching people how to um, you know? go full-time with their thing, but it really just came down to that spark of, let's get you making money with what you already know. Then everything fell into place for me. And all I had to do then was share all the things that I either thought were cool or were using or strategies I had used in the past in order to build up my income to be able to be a full-time creator. So if you're thinking about transitioning, you need to think about the outcome the most because that's where everything else plays out. And when we put out content, we're asking someone to trade time with us. Okay. So like, if you want to follow me, I expect that you want to spend a minute a day with me. And I'm going to make sure that that minute is like, as educational and as amazing as I can. Now, my strategy doesn't work for everybody because everyone doesn't have time to spend two hours on a video. But I still think with the tools we have now that you could educate more than you think. And so going back to the transition, my, my other outcome at the beginning was helping podcasters grow and monetize, which is what I did for two years, shared everything that I knew and everything that I could think of. And then once I found my second outcome, which was helping you make your first thousand dollars with zero investment, then it was like, uh, it was just, I have an idea orphanage that just started raining ideas like, oh, you could do this. They could do this. They could do this. And it became this like game of, oh, wow, I wonder how many thousands of dollars I could make other people by using these little strategies and unlocking the it's really about unlocking people's brains. They don't think they can do it. Well, let me show you exactly how to do it. And if one person does it, then I win. And so the outcome was really the and it took me a little while to get there the, and you can see it in my content. I'm sort of, I sort of start to stray away from podcasting. I'm showing some other things. And then it finally locked in. And that's when it was like, okay, this is, this is easy now. Now I know the direction I'm heading. So if you're going to transition, start with the outcome. Don't start with the, like, what would you talk about? Where do you want to get people? And how can you make that minute a day that they spend with you, the most valuable minute. So they keep coming back every day.
1: And that's such, such good advice. I, I I love that you bring out that, you know, if you can help one person, it's been worth it. And I think a lot of yeah. people, fo- they focus too much on the content and the quality of the, of the content itself, which is, which is important. And I, but I think as content creators, you focus so much on the quality because that's just what we notice. And we forget about the in the end user, like what are they yeah. getting out of it? And you've done such a good job focusing on how can I solve a problem for somebody else? How is someone else going to benefit from this? And having them be the focus of your content and creating, you know, engaging content for that person. I think a lot of people forget about the people behind, the eyes behind, you know, what is being viewed rather than,
0: what's being viewed, the number. you
1: know, <laughs> itself, yeah.
0: itself. Yeah. When you see that number, it's funny because people be like, oh, my reel only got 2000 views. And I'm like, 2000 people is like a mid-sized venue in Chicago that you would have sold out. And you'd be, you know, you'd be sweating bullets backstage having to go out there. You're, we immediately take the number and we downplay the reach, like if I could show up to a room of a thousand people every day, I'd be stoked because that I could potentially hit one of those people with impact. And when you put out content, what you have to remember is that not everybody's ready to take action right? But if one person takes action and you impact that one person, there is a butterfly effect. They may help someone else. They may help someone else. They may refer you. And a lot of what we do is being referable. Like when I think of videography and photography, you know, there's a handful of people, including yourself that come up that if somebody was asking me, Hey, how do I figure this out? I'd be like, Oh, you got to follow this person. So we want to be the person that people refer, which also helps the algorithm refer us. Because if people can't refer us, how is a computer program gonna be able to tell people like, oh, this person's interested in side hustles, well, I'll show them Travis, right? Or this person's interested in health Health now, show them the health coach. So we, we wanna be referable, and we need to do that in a way that, uh, this lines up with expectations, that if you expect that one person sees and believes in your content that you won, then it all becomes a little less anxious. And, and being, a, being in social media now and coaching people in social media, it is mind-blowing how much anxiety there is around social media. If they miss a day, if their post doesn't mm-hmm. do good, if they don't get any comments, it's, very, it's something we need to be very careful of from a mental health standpoint. Absolutely. because Because you know there's way more to life than social media. And a number is a number is a number, right? But if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're gonna go a lot further than if you're just grinding out to get some arbitrary number that, you know, there are some changes as you grow. And, you know, a lot of people tell me, I just wanna go viral. Well, you can't pick going viral. People pick what is viral, right? So you have to, you have to put out stuff that you think is good enough to go viral and let people decide if it is viral. And then you also have to be very careful what you go viral for, because you'll be known for that forever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the example I use is that the the guy, the cranberry juice guy, he had a skateboard and he was on. no one knows his name. No one knows where he is. I have no idea what he's doing, but I know the cranberry juice guy. And that's all I'm ever going to know him for. So when you're desiring this virality of your content, you better hope that it's in line with what you want to do. Because if it's not, you'll be known as the girl who falls back on the, the bedpost and goes, ah, and then that's, that's what you are for the rest of your life. Right? So it's, there's a, there's a balance there to what you're doing online. Absolutely, man. We've had such good advice already when it comes to
1: transitioning your content and how to approach your content. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to continue talking to Travis and talk about his approach to creating content a little bit more and short form content in particular, because Travis Travis really is the king at short form content. So we'll be right back. I wanted to share with you one of the best decisions and investments I've ever made as a content creator. Nothing has impacted the quality of what I create and how I create as much as Ecamm has. Ecamm is the leading all-in-one live streaming production platform built for Mac, but let me tell you, it is so much more than that. You actually don't even need to live stream with Ecamm. You can use its powerful production platform like I do, to record videos and podcasts, to ease the burden of post-production. Ecamm supports multiple camera inputs, camera LUTs, and color correction. You can build in scenes, overlays, text, widgets, and sound. The ability to bring on remote guests and record multi-track audio has been huge for this podcast. Oh, and I almost forgot, Ecamm allows you to stream and record in 4K. Good luck finding another application that lets you do that. Rather than being a cloud-based application, which, let's be honest, usually spits out junk, ECam is an application on your Mac, leveraging your computer's processing power rather than some remote server, ensuring you get the most power and the best quality. From beginners to experts, from content creators to businesses, thousands trust ECam to power their video productions. Use the link in the show notes or the description of the video to download ECam and try a 14-day free trial. Use code Jared15 at checkout if you decide to purchase to receive 15% off. Trust me, your future self is going to thank you. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking to Travis Brown. He's a fantastic content creator, as you have already known from listening to his past episode on the show, and of course, listening all the way to this point of this episode. So, welcome back, uh, Travis. Really is the king of short form content. I love the short form content you put out, um, and I am not a fan of short form content. Like, I, I hate it. I don't like it. But I'm also <laughs> getting more and more addicted to it, <laughs> and starting to put some out myself. Um, cause that's kind of just the way it's going. And you know, what I've found is it does cre- like keep the creative juices going. We were talking before we started recording that, you know, I, I take season breaks now for the podcast because late spring, summertime, I'm crazy busy. I do a lot of real estate videography, photography. That's, that's the time around here. School's out. It's beautiful in San Diego. People want to sell their homes. They want to move. They want to change things up. Super busy. I got to take a break but how do you keep those creative juices going? I can't make the regular content I would like to make. So I've been diving into the short form content. I'm still kind of finding my way. We talked about like, you got to be careful what you go viral for. I've had some stupid reels that are about like just making coffee, which I love coffee, but it's also not like, (laughs) it's also not what my contents are uh, about, you know, and uh, they've been my most successful reels and I, I, I like it, but I also hate that those are the ones that have been the most successful. But, yeah. I'm kind of rambling now, but my, my point is short form content is here. I don't know if it's going to last forever, but it is here now. And the reason I I I haven't liked it that much is because it's never really been that beneficial. A lot of the reels and short form content you see is just like silly stuff, stuff with stupid music, one clip of a beautiful view, which is like amazing. I love, you know, seeing awesome drone shots or awesome like landscape photography, but cool. All right you're on it for a second and you move on. And that person, that person put so much time and effort into it. And you, you know, you hearted it, you double tapped it and you moved on within seconds. So that's why I don't yeah. like it. It just hasn't been beneficial. And the cop for the content creator putting too much time into it, but you you're putting about an hour to two hours into a video. That's still a lot of time for how short they are, but you cram so much knowledge into the short form content that you put out. I don't, I haven't seen anybody else do it the way you do, and cram so much into into the content, and for it to be so beneficial. And you've grabbed a lot of followers, hooked a lot of followers. I don't want to say hooked, but like you've acquired a lot of followers that have benefited from this short form content you're putting out. So, kind of walk us through. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier having a content creation plan. Where do you start with with your plan making short content? Because you pack in a
0: lot into like sixty seconds. So I feel the same way you do about short form content, which is, it's, you know, I think that people abuse the fact that you can kind of get away with putting out what I consider surface level information, right? And a lot of people that I see doing that, I really, a lot of times will ask them like do you have more to say than this? And they always say, yes, like, of course I do. But they're afraid because they've watched so many social media gurus tell them like, it's gotta be seven seconds and you gotta do this. And you know, one one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is these one second videos where people are like, yeah, make a one second video and it just loops and loops and loops. It's like, that's not going to get you where you wanna go, right? So I um, reduced my content consumption quite a bit. Like, and that's as easy as going, I'm going to mute a bunch of accounts. Like if account annoys me more than twice, it gets muted. Right. And that doesn't mean I unfollow. That just means that I'll go there if that's what I want. And I leave my feed very clean and very inspirational, but it's more of a philosophy of short form content. You have an opportunity and that opportunity is my, or my philosophy is I'm going to try to make a 10 minute video crammed into a one minute video, right? So instead of starting a YouTube channel, I'm going to go, what would my 10 minute video be about? How could I, how could I distill that in a minute? Right. Which is, completely against like everyone tells me your videos are too long. Your videos are too long. You want more reach? Shorten them. I'm like, no, because then I can't tell them everything I want to do. So the philosophy is I'm going to turn my short form content into a mini YouTube channel, right? And try to become the most valuable channel that when people do see the content, they know it'll be a little longer, but they know that they're actually going to get information out of it. And so that mental flip, in addition to nobody cares, we're just making chairs, let me experiment with longer short form content, which I think is the biggest opportunity right now, because unlike YouTube, YouTube is a slow growing platform and it's a phenomenal platform, but you don't really get pushed out where TikTok and Reels are pushing content organically to new audiences automatically. And so the opportunity there is that you can take a complex topic, distill it down into a minute, put it out there. And if it does well enough initially, it'll start to get organically pushed out to new people. And so I think that short form content isn't, I think audiences are maturing. Like they want more than the one second thing or the meme, like that'll always be a part of it but I think that they want more. And I think that's the place they're going as opposed to YouTube. They want to find new things as they're swiping. And the opportunity for creators is to actually say something and share something that somebody could actually apply right now. So if you combine instant gratification, which is why we watch short form videos with education, then you have a very powerful sauce. Even if you do it every once in a while. So that's been my philosophy which I think has uh it's a it's a blessing and a curse because now I'm cursed to make those videos. <laughs> as much as I'd like to do something fast, I've committed to that, but it also shows people that that minute that they spend with you is going to be in- incredibly valuable. They're going to save that post, they're going to potentially share that post, which then boosts you out to new people. Now the third heat to that is obviously doing long form content that is a little bit slower and, and unfolds in a different way. But that's been my philosophy. I think that the opportunity right now for people is to stop following the leader, stop doing the trends. None of my none of my viral videos had anything to do with the music. It's just I just pick music that I like that beds the video. And if your whole strategy is around this like, well I can hack it with a song and I can hack it with a one minute video. And you're just hack hack hacking away to where when the algorithm changes or viewers change, you're just following the leader you're not actually creating anything of substance right and i want to i want my kids to grow up and one day find my instagram and be like wow dad you like you were you were crazy you know <laughs> not just pointing at the bubble and there's nothing wrong with that i understand that, that it's fun and i'm not i don't want to judge people on that but i think that anybody who's doing that is probably afraid to say something what they really want to say and they're hiding behind the ease of what's trending or what's, what other people are doing because they think there's a better chance that that will go big than what they actually have to say.
1: And that kind of, I mean, that right there kind of sums up like what I want this season to focus on and, you know, people not creating what they want to create because of, of fear, you know, not like they're creating, but how do they move past what they're creating to create what they really want to create and move past the numbers. And I mean, what, what, You've worked with a ton of content creators. You do a lot of content creating coaching. What have you found to be the case why people aren't saying what they want to say when it comes to the content they're making? Is it just because solely because of the numbers?
0: There's a combination. It's it's a, a fear of the number going down initially by changing their content right? So it's like, well, I've been doing good with, I get 3000 views with these bubble videos. What if I put out something that gets a hundred views, right? Well, there is an adjustment period, right? We use the example of the snake shedding its skin, right? There's an adjustment period where people have to get uh, used to your content. But the main thing that keeps people from doing this is simply not knowing what their outcome is. Outcome is the biggest word you know, an outcome is not passion. An outcome is not inspiration. An outcome is I'm going to help you make a thousand, your first thousand dollars without any seed money or investment, right? That's an outcome, right? It's a tangible thing that I hope that I can do for thousands and thousands of people is make them a thousand dollars. So without that outcome, uh, you don't, you're not able to speak to it. And so what you do is you try to cram everything you do into this account, which creates randomness, which creates chaos, which creates a confusion in why people aren't resonating with the content. So it is limiting, like I'm I'm a musician, I'm an artist, I'm a dad, I'm all these other things that you'll never see in my content because I know that doesn't serve the outcome that I'm trying to help people with, which is why people keep coming back because they know that they can expect that I'm gonna give them what my bio promises them. So I think if you're struggling with this, it all comes down to outcome and everything falls from there. And, you know, like you said, coffee, right? I know why you make the coffee videos is because you're a cinematographer and you're doing it in a very elegant and a very beautiful way.
1: And it gives me a chance to test out new equipment, right? Like I made those testing out new lenses. Like, hey, I got a busy day. I can't test these out, but I can test them out while I'm making a cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, you know, for you, it does play in your outcome, which is, you know, probably inspiring people to do something with the tools they have or invest in new tools. So it works. But, you know, if you did that all the time, then you're the coffee channel, right? So then you have to stick with that. So I think it's just like, if you wrote down, if you can write down in a sentence, the outcome you are trying to get for people then everything else will fall. And most people are confused because they think they have to niche down to like, well, I only talk to podcasters who are 18 to 44 men. Well, that's great, but it doesn't serve them in an outcome-based way, which is why we all look at social media. It's either to be to laugh or to learn, laugh or learn, right? And if you can combine those two together, now you got something really hot. Yeah,
1: man, such good advice. I, I love this conversation. I would love to keep it going, but we're gonna cut it a little short because, hey, we want people to come back for more. We want people to go check out Travis's channel. Sh- Travis, you give so much beneficial content, and you focus on that outcome—not for yourself, but the outcome of the person actually consuming the content. And I think that if I had to sum up the the biggest takeaway from this episode, is focus on how your content is helping other people. I mean, just like any successful company, I mean, we were, we talked about Apple. What does Apple do? They solve problems and they show how yep. people can benefit from their product. They're not selling the product; they're they're selling the outcome of that product, and that's what you need to do yep. with your your content: is sell the outcome of how your content can benefit someone that you know gives you that that minute of time consuming your content every day, or exactly. even even if it's just once a week. You know, you just need to affect that one person. So Travis, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. People are going to tell you to be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. Here's the magical consistent number. How many times should you post every week? Whatever you can keep up with consistently. If that's three times, do three times. If that's one time, do one time. Don't let people fool you into thinking that you got to do daily or you got to do something that they're doing. It's not going to work for you. You got to put in whatever you can do. And if I can add one
1: thing to that, as it's how often you can deliver quality content too. like you don't want to just oh i can put out three things a week but maybe two of them are junk and one's really good well then just stick to the one you know so that your people associate quality to what you're putting out so great great advice travis thanks for coming back on the show man I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, man. I'm a huge fan and I love everything you do and I'm honored to be invited back. I mean, that's that makes me really feel like, okay, I'm, I might be on the right path here. <laughs> awesome, awesome.
1: Well, thanks again, man.
0: I'll talk to you. Cheers. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's been
1: fantastic talking to Travis and see how his channel, well, his his Instagram, his just his content creation has evolved. And I really hope hearing how he did that and some of the, the hesitation and how he moved past that motivates you to do the same if you're already creating content and you want to kind of evolve what you're doing you want to start focusing on something a little broader maybe not as niche maybe you want to go a little bit bigger that's fine and how to transition is important and so I hope you benefited from this anyway if you're watching make sure you give this a thumbs up subscribe so you don't miss any future podcasts and if you're listening As always, I appreciate your guys' support. Leave a five-star review and rating on whatever podcast listener you're listening on, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week.